Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. your attention in the word of the Lord to Judges 3, Judges chapter 3, and I want to begin reading there with verse 20, Judges chapter number 3 and verse number 20. Sort of an obscure passage here or maybe a little different type of story in the Word of God, but I believe that there is significance here that can help us. We'll begin there with verse 20, and Ehud came unto him, and he was sitting in a summer parlor, this is Eglon, the king of Moab, which he had for himself alone, and he had said, I have a message from God unto thee, and he arose out of his seat. Ehud put forth his left hand and took the dagger from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly. And the aft also went in after the blade, and the fat closed upon the blade so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly, and the dirt came out. Then Ehud went forth through the porch and shut the doors of the parlor upon him and locked them. And when he was gone out, his servants came. And when they saw that, behold, the doors of the parlor were locked, they said, Surely he covereth his feet in his summer chamber. And they tarried till they were ashamed, and behold, he opened not the doors of the parlor, Therefore, they took a key and opened them, and behold, their Lord was fallen down, dead on the earth. Again, that might seem like an unusual story, and it is, but I believe that uh, the Lord wants to speak to us here tonight. I want to talk about winning decisive battles behind closed doors. Winning decisive battles behind closed doors. Help me pray tonight that the Lord would help us, anoint us. We're nothing without his anointing. We need his help and strength. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? We're asking and believing and trusting in you that you are going to speak to us yet again tonight. We're thankful for each time you visit us. We're thankful, God, for each time that you show up, every time, God, that you minister to the needs of your people. We are very blessed and privileged to have your presence here tonight, and I pray, God, that you would move and work in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you give praise to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. The most significant battles in life 
are those or aren't those that are fought in physical combat. They're not fought on battlefields like Gettysburg or Antietam or Shiloh or Trenton, any of those battlefields of history that we could recall. But the most significant battles that a saint of God fights are spiritual. And I think at least superficially, most of us understand that. We, we, we get that. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And then as he is emphasizing this, but against principalities. He doesn't leave it there, but he drives it further home. Against powers. He's acknowledging there is a certain amount of power that the enemy has. But again, he also writes that all power is of God and the powers that be are ordained of God. But he says against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. He doesn't even stop there. He continues against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then he tells us how to combat that, that we cannot do this on our own. It's not a battle that can be won through flesh and blood, but it's a battle that has to be won spiritually, and there's spiritual equipment that can be used, that is afforded to us as the church, that is given to us to put on he said, put on the whole armor of God. And then he talked about some weapons that you can use. And one of them, of course, was the Word of God. He spoke to us about the shield of faith. And faith, we know, is not optional, but faith is necessary for us in our walk with God. To please God, we've got to have faith, the Bible says. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we do understand the importance of using the shield of faith. It seems almost like a defensive uh, part of the armament. And when we think of faith, we always think of it as something being on the offense. We think of it almost as a weapon. But I want to tell you just to make it, just to do what you need to do to advance in this world, you've got to implement faith in your life. You've got to have active faith. You can't have dormant faith. You can't have faith that this is on a shelf, as it were. You've got to have faith that is active in this thing. You've got to pick up that shield every day. You've got to carry it with you every day. You've got to use it every day because there's fiery darts, the Bible says. Fiery darts, to me, it seems like these are targeted and they have a specific purpose and reason for their attack. There is a purpose from whence they are launched towards any saint of God. And so we very carefully uh, have to maneuver around all of this and the shield of faith gives us a defense against it. And so he goes on and he's talking about this, but... But many times 
we only think of things as we see them physically. We can only get our minds around what we can physically absorb with our five senses. What we see, taste, smell, and touch. Uh, that, that's the things that we are most comfortable with. And so when you begin to talk about spiritual things and spiritual warfare, people get a little bit quiet. And it makes us a little bit uncomfortable to talk about wickedness in high places because we, we don't always, we see the manifestations of it, but we don't always see those spirits that we're encountering. And sometimes we make the mistake of only opposing the manifestations of it, not realizing that this is only the face of or this is only the manifestation of something that is going on that is far deeper than that and more complex than that. So in other words, while we're trimming at the branches of the tree, we really need to be going for the root of the tree. While we're out here on the periphery, there's something that is going on that is much more complex. Spiritual wickedness, principalities and powers struggle that is going on spiritually. And you cannot perform at a spiritual level outwardly if you don't have spiritual spirituality inward. Oh, you can you can make it for a little while. You can maybe get by for a little while. You can you can uh, Masquerade as though you possess the power of God for a little while. But sooner or later, if you only fight battles in the flesh, you're going to meet your match. That's why David in his inexperience and, and, and obviously comparatively he was much smaller physically. But he said, you come to me with physical things. You come to me with a sword and a spear. But I come to you. He had an understanding that it's what is inward. It's, it's what's on the inside of me. It is for us as saints of God what we say when we're quoting that scripture. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Hey, you're not just taking on what you can see right here, devil. You're not just taking on flesh and blood. You're not just taking on physical strength that I have or don't have. What you are taking on is the spirit and the power of God that is on the inside. I have the Holy Ghost. Come on, is there any tongue talkers in this house? Anybody knows what I'm talking about when I talk about the power of the Holy Ghost? And so we have to, to win the battle within. War within, if you will. Many times our outward performance is contingent upon our inward achievements and the things that we're able to conquer within. The Apostle Paul explains this inward struggle in Romans chapter number 7 and verses 19 through 24, and he says things that almost seem that's almost seem like they contradict one another. He said that that I would, I don't, and that that I really try not to do, I end up doing sometimes. And he ends up making this summation at the end of that 
passage in the scripture. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. But then in the next verse, he tells us how that we can conquer. He tells us how victory for this inward struggle can be achieved. He says that we can do it through Jesus Christ. Through having faith. That's why when Simon Peter was asked, how did this lame man at the beautiful gate, how is he walking around now? How is he leaping and praising God? How did he receive this strength? And they were curious as to where the power source was. Was it in Simon Peter? Was it in, was it in he or John? Was it what, was something that they had secretly? And he said, no, it's through the name and by faith in his name. That has made this man strong. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen. We don't have the strength. We don't have the ability. We don't have the power. But it's who we have faith in. Come on. There's a lot of folks in this world that have way too much faith in their flesh. Way too much confidence just in their flesh. And they don't have enough faith in God. But if you got God on your side, there's nothing that the enemy can challenge you with that will overcome you. There's nothing that he can come against you with uh, that will push you down. Amen. You can always rise above. You can emerge from any trouble or any problem or any challenge that you're confronted with through the power of Jesus Christ. I think God ought to just take a moment and worship Him right now and give praise to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel something moving in this house right now. I feel it in this place. Woo! Come on, that's all right. Go ahead and praise the Lord. Go ahead and magnify the Lord. Go ahead and give honor to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I believe the Lord showed me today that He's going to help some people with some inner struggles. He's going to help some people with some battles that are going on between your ears. He's going to help you with some struggles that you have that nobody can see and nobody uh, is able to detect uh, on the outside. It's well camouflaged. It's deep within, but nevertheless, it's just as real. It may not have manifested in a health struggle. It may have not have manifested itself as cancer. It may have not manifested itself as diabetes it, it may not have manifested itself as some crippling arthritis but nevertheless it's still a very real struggle within the heart of individuals down deep in the personage of, of your heart you understand there's a struggle there's a battle that is going on and you can win this battle hallelujah God. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Spirit of the Lord here. So if you get what I'm talking about, it doesn't matter what your environment is. It doesn't matter what the atmosphere is. It doesn't matter what's going on out here. If you get a hold of this, doesn't matter what's, what's happening out here that you can see, touch, feel. 
taste. What you're experiencing as far as all those things concerned don't matter near as much because really that's not the real world. The real world is that world that you cannot see. That world that is eternal. That world that lives beyond just uh, what can be seen through the flesh. The old prophet was able to see that when his servant opened the tent flap and seen all the armies that were against them, opposing them out there on the hillside. And he said, oh, we're done for. This is over. And the prophet said, no, no. And he prayed a prayer. He said, open his eyes that he may see. And he saw the mighty host of God, the angels that were there. And he said, there is more that be for us than those that oppose us or against us. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible said the God of this world, his, his job is to blind your eyes that you can't see. He wants you to feel hopeless. He wants you to feel surrounded. He wants you to feel hemmed in. He wants you to feel boxed in. He wants you to feel like there is nothing that you can do. And really, if, if we, we could suffice it to say there's nothing in this flesh that I can do, but I've got a God that is bigger, that is greater, that is more powerful than anything that comes in. Oh, yeah. Oh, somebody ought to shout about that. Somebody ought to worship about that. Somebody ought to praise God about that. Somebody ought to rejoice about that. Some of us look around and say, man, it it looks hopeless in my world. It looks like it's too big and and too great of a problem to ever change. It it looks like things are, are not getting better, but they're growing worse. I'm reminded of Psalms 137 when the Scripture tells us that the children of Israel in Babylonian captivity wrote these verses and said, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away into captivity required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs, almost like a mocking thing tantalizing them. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And they said, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Well, I want to tell you, the Lord's song is not confined to just an atmosphere that is conducive to worship. The Lord's song is not confined to proper circumstances. The Lord's song is not, is not confined just to when you feel like singing it. Because many times, to be quite frank, you're not going to feel like singing. But the Lord's song many times has to be sang in faith. 
I said, that's going to be your defense. You remember? That's going to be your defense against depression. That's going to be your defense against staying down. That's going to be your defense against disappointments in life. It's to have the faith. It's to bust out with the Lord. So just to have the faith. Just to go ahead and dance and praise the Lord and worship when you don't feel like worshiping, when you don't feel like praising, when you don't feel like lifting your hands, when you, you don't feel like getting out in the aisle, when you don't feel like praying anymore, when you don't feel like giving thanks to the Lord anymore. I still got the Lord. I may be in a strange land, but I still got a song. I still got some praise. I still can magnify my Jesus. Why don't you stand with me? Raise your hands to the Lord and let's give Him praise together. In a similar situation over there in the book of Ezekiel, it says something to this effect. I don't, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He said there was those that sat down by the river Jebar. And he's talking about those that were in captivity. And he talked about how they were succumbed. They were not only, they were not only succumbing to their physical captivity, which they had no choice, but they were succumbing mentally to captivity. But something Ezekiel says, and again I'm paraphrasing, he says something to the effect, I among the captives. When I read that, I want to jump up and shout. He said, they may feel like they're captives. And I know we're all under siege right now. But I'm not a captive because I'm a child of God. I said, I'm not a captive because I'm a child of God. I want to tell somebody here tonight, you're not a captive because you're a child of God. This is only temporary because you're a child of God. What you're going through is just a, it's just going to last a little while, but you're going to emerge from a victorious because why? You're a child of God. I among the captives. Inward battles. You know, a lot of what folks have, go through in the days that we're living in is not always just outward. It's not always something you can put your finger on and say, that's it, right there. But it's inward battles. It's behind closed doors. Didn't have time to get in my text, but I believe that everybody can relate to what I'm saying here tonight. And it's not the will of God that you be defeated behind closed doors. It's not the will of God that you die in depression and defeat and disappointment 
never realizing the dreams that God has given you, never seeing them fulfilled in your life. That is a lie that says you're going to die without seeing your dreams fulfilled and what God has purposed to give and what he's purposed to fulfill in your life. Somebody needs to have a definite no when it comes. You need to get some defiance about you when it comes to the devil trying to convince you that that's the way it is and you might as well settle for it. Oh, no. I'm going to rise above it. I'm inviting you to this altar. If you want to win a victory, before you can win one out, before you can see the answer to that prayer, you've got to get faith settled in your heart. Before you're going to see the outward manifestation of what you desire to see, you're going to have to get it down deep in your spirit. You're going to have to win that battle over doubt in your mind and your heart. You're going to have to win that battle over that thing down deep in your spirit. And more than anything, God is able to help you with it. More than anything, God is able to give you victory over it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's raise our voices to Him.